American Hammers Radio with Tex and Liam from the Fresno Irons. Hello and welcome into another edition of the Bearded Bastards Radio here on the American Hammers Network. I am your host, Tex, from the Fresno Irons. And I'm speaking a little subtle and sad today because this is not going to be a healthy show. And I'm joined <laughs> by the psychiatrist himself. He's got nine PhDs, none of which are real. Liam Bright, how are you today, Liam? I mean, I could be better, right? Oh, I mean, these these fuck fucking PhDs could. could be real, and I'd be even... <laughs> I don't know if I'd be doing this show. <laughs> oh, God. I mean... Um, oh, well... um. Last time we talked, we took a week off because uh, it was international break. And to be 100% honest with you, I think we both needed it after that shite performance yeah. um, uh, against Everton um, <laughs> at Merseyside, <laughs> which was, mm, oh, fuck. We're at like well, a loss for words. This is insane. I, I mean, there's not much. I mean, oh, okay. West Ham United um, goes out to play in Merseyside against the blue side of Merseyside, which is Everton, um, you know, former West Ham, whatever, fat Frank Lampard leading that team come out. We are clearly the better side. For some reason, we don't capitalize on any of our chances. And wouldn't you fucking know it? A Brighton cast off named <laughs> Neil Mop High, And I believe the 65th minute gets the ball you can't let him turn guys. Yeah. Gets the turn slots it near post. Fabianski's too slow to get to it. One Neil. And I think the feeling at full circle brewing company with the Fresno irons died in that moment. Yeah. We deflated like I, a, like a kid's balloon after a carnival. It was sad. And I, I don't get it one Neil. And then of course, Benarama comes on. Benarama does what Benarama does, which is hit the woodwork, make a lot of great plays, but hits the woodwork again. Yeah. If if we could get half a goal for the woodwork, oh, yeah. we'd still lose that match, but I'd feel better. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, I'd feel like we're trending in the right direction God, at that point. This is a, like I, the way this show has started for you and I, this is exactly how West Ham United started. It shit doesn't feel right. We don't, we're not in the flow. And this is what happens when West Ham play bad. We cannot get our shit together. Yeah. So this is a hundred percent on West Ham United right now. Um, <laughs> take it from me right now. I don't even want to say much more about it because even after the goal was scored, West Ham got on the front foot, but it was too little too late yeah. and didn't have enough time to get into the game. Cornet even came on, looked pretty good, yep. but again, he's not getting enough minutes in order to impact the game in the way that he probably can if he's able to get, I don't know, a fucking start. But with that said, what are your thoughts on the match against Everton? I mean, I thought it was supposed to be an easy win for them for us i legitimately felt us going into this one and taking all three points and not even having it be close you know i i, I mean i think on the previous episode i did talk about it being a little bit cagey because we were going to be away we, we we knew that everton was hungry for points just like we were but hands down we're a better side pound for pound player for player west ham 99 out of 100 times wins that match but this was the one time out of a hundred where Everton's able to, to pull it out. And I can't even really give all the credit to Everton or, or Frank Lampard on this one. 
because they used the same formula that almost everybody has used against us this whole season, including Europa Conference. All teams know what our kryptonite is. High press, and then uh, pack out, pack out the, the, uh, the defense anytime we have possession. Because they know if they're, if they're forcing turnovers in our half, they can overwhelm because we have a leaky defense. There just is, there's no two ways around it. That defense is, has not gelled the way that either of us really anticipated them to be able to do this season. Uh, and because we're in somewhat of a goal drought, we, we aren't getting the service to players like Bowen and Antonio. They're picking the ball up too far back in the pitch and they lose possession or they have to navigate through too many defenders before they can get a shot in on goal. If you look at the, the amount of half chances that we had, or even the expected goal ratio for us versus Everton, like their expected goal was like 0.4. They didn't even have one and they scored a goal. Whereas for ours, I think ours was like a 2.9 or something like that. Like we had far more chances. There was far more expectation that we should have found the back of the net and we just haven't been able to do it. And I, I feel like there's part of it is the tactics that Moyes is employing. Part of it is that other teams already know that we're a little bit of a one trick pony so they know how to set up to to handle us. Whereas in years past, especially in the early seasons when Moyes came back, people didn't really know what sort of a system he was going to play. So teams didn't really prepare for us. They were going to run their game plan and we were able to capitalize on that. Now teams prepare for us. And the as much as I want to blame part on that, part on Moyes, the players have to look themselves in the mirror because we saw that they could turn it around and get on the front foot. And they chose not to do that for 59 minutes until that goal was scored. So they, they have to own that part of it. I, I, these problems are starting to run very deep here. And when you look at the match and the way it was played, I, I mean, I, I feel like we lost the match before it even kicked off. When I saw the starting 11, I was concerned. We did our starting 11 for the show. I made some bold predictions. We saw none of them. We saw Moyes do what Moyes always does. Stick to his favorites. Which is exactly, he is a creature of habit. And don't get me wrong, I'm a creature of habit on certain things too, but at some point you have to realize when it's not working anymore. You, yeah. I mean, the definition of insanity, beating your head against the wall over and over again and expecting a different result, you're still going to get concussed. Yeah. At some point, <laughs> you have to accept the fact that you have to make a change. Even if it's a subtle change, it has to be a change. And West Ham, to me, seemed like a team that's unwilling to change, and that starts with the manager. So is it's just been an infuriating... Um, situation for West Ham United fans and myself. I mean, I am 100% in a point right now where I feel like I did three years ago with West Ham United, where we're in a relegation fight again, and I'm going into every game thinking we're going to lose. And that makes me want to <laughs> open the whiskey <laughs> bottle, which I've done right now. And, uh, you know, Liam, let's get the glass going. Let's do because it. Honestly, we need this right now. Let's pick up the show pace. Here we go. Yeah. It's Lancha. Ooh. Good old American spirit. Can't ever go wrong. We're drinking a little uh, 
Michter's US1. If you don't know about it, you should know about it. Straight out of Louisville, Kentucky, so you know it's good. Oh, do you though? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I forgot. He's he's it's a little bit of an Irish whiskey man. He likes yeah. the uh, he likes the Irish smoke. It's got, I mean, it's got some good burn to it, but <laughs> I I tend to like this guy. Um, God damn, it's just been tough as West Ham United. So I think. And I can't believe, honestly, Liam, I'm about to ask you a question and it's comical because I don't think either one of us thought this was a question we even come close to asking this year after the off season we had after the prior season, after our two last season finishes, but we got to ask it. And here it goes. Is David Moyes on the hot seat at West Ham United? I'll let you start it off. I mean, I, I think yes, but not as hot as many people probably believe. He is, I think the board would be remiss to look at those results and, and think, ah, we're fine. This is fine. It's like that meme of the dog sitting at the table and the whole room is on fire around him. And he's just going, this is fine. Like that's, I I feel like I overused that in 2019 when Pellegrini was still here because it very much was the room is on fire and nobody's doing anything about it. The difficulty with this is that Moyes spent a lot of money. In the summer, third highest expenditure out of every team in the Prem. I can't believe in good faith that the board is looking at David Moyes and going, yeah, we're seven matches in. You don't have the results that we wanted, so we're going to cut you loose. No, they be- they believe this is a long-term project. Moyes just signed a three-year contract. He's still good till 2024. So we've got, there's a good amount of time. They're not going to want to make the same mistake they made with Pellegrini, where they let him spend a lot of money. The results weren't there. And then they decided to give him the ax, have to pay him out 18 months of his contract and have all of these high wages that were sitting on the wage bill. They're not going to want to have a repeat of that. It basically is just like you said, insanity, you know, just that, that same repetition. Now, I think there are a couple things that, that influence this. And I can, I'll kind of put this to you, man, because I feel like you've brought this up in other episodes. With Payet for Billich, he kind of papered over a lot of the cracks that we saw in that team. Do you feel that maybe our performance towards the end of last season, because we had such a deep run in uh, Europa League, obviously making it to the semifinals, we had not that we had really deep runs in the cups, but we were knocking out big teams like Manchester United and Man City. Do you feel like, those successes papered over the cracks that we had at the end of last season that weren't really addressed going into this season. I don't think it papered over any cracks. I think it exposed cracks that have always been there. Um, I don't. So what do we know about David Moyes? Okay. He's sorry. He's always preferred a small squad. Yeah. Well, when you're going through four different competitions and what you're trying to get something going, a small squad isn't a good thing to have. You need depth and you have to be willing to play the young kids in certain things. And then you have to make some tough decisions and sacrifices on what you're going to chase or not. EFL cup. Are you going to chase it? FA cup. Are you going to chase it? Europa league. Obviously you're going to chase the premiership. Um, And so what I think happened is David Moyes got exposed as a manager um, as far as it comes to having squad depth. And I think this year, David Moyes made a decision and we have depth. And then, of course, 
in typical West Ham fashion, Aguirre gets hurt in the offseason. And, you know, then we let Issa Diop go. And then all the problems we had on the back line seem to reappear because guys are getting hurt. And then Craig Dawson's not available at the beginning of the season. Now Craig Dawson's back. So when you're asking me, like, did did there is no Pyatt on this team to cover up the massive flaws that Slavin Bilic had as a manager. I, I love Slav. I always love super Slav, but I'm not ignorant or naive to where his, where his faults were. David Moyes is a better manager than Slavin Bilic. There's no question about that. So his cracks aren't as wide and gaping, but yet they're there. It's kind of like this. When you've played chess with somebody for a really long time, you know what their moves are going to be yeah. and you're going to be able to anticipate them and you're going to be able to make moves to adjust. David Moyes has been playing chess in the premier league a really long time. There's enough film on him and know-how on him. And I'm sure some of his coaches are now spread out throughout the premiership where you go, Hey, you coach with Moyes. What does he do? And then there you go. So I guarantee you his, his footprint is all over the premier league. Um, sometimes not in the best fashion, but I just feel that any great manager, and this is like, I'm not trying to say that Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, is this, you know, I, I'm not trying to give any love to Manchester United. I'm just going to talk about Sir Alex. But the reason Sir Alex was great is because he could play football anyway, depending on the players that he had. Yeah. He constantly changed the system. He ran two strikers. He ran a single striker. He ran four at the back, three at the back. He ran, you know, he condensed and ran five. He could play multiple different things and he could motivate his players to do so. I don't feel that you have that in David Moyes. I feel like he's more of a limited manager, not a bad manager, but limited in what he can do. So when you pose the question, are our successes papering over the cracks? I don't think that's true. What I think is true is that our successes have exposed the weaknesses that have always been there. And maybe it's just a different like glass half full, glass half empty way to look at it. Right. But to me, Pyatt 100% covered up the issues that Slavin Bilic had because he could take the ball from deep. He could score from a set piece. He could send in a ball on service and set piece that could be dangerous. And he could score from anywhere on the pitch, basically. Yeah. So when you have a player like that, that can create chances and score goals and keep possession of the ball, we don't have that player at West Ham United right now. Now, Ben Arama is starting to look like that. Right. He's starting to make plays, but he still doesn't hold the ball like Pyatt did. No. And so when... I just don't see any single player and rice has not been his self this year so far. No. He's played much better the last three matches. And I think we'd all agree with that, but the first four, he, mm, we were questioning. Yeah. You know, so this is a situation for West Ham United where I think, you know, there's a bigger question that I think we're going to get to. Um, but it's really, to me, like, this is why I think the seat is very hot. Yeah. Because you cannot spend the amount of money West Ham United have spent. Your ROI, return on investment, your ROI on this is incredibly bad right now. Right. You're losing money. When you go buy Lucas Paqueta, when you go buy a Gerd, when you go get Maxi Cornet, when you go get these players that are supposed to transform the team, and let's not forget Skmaka, which it's, it's come out, recently how many teams wanted him and the fact that he chose to come to us and he hasn't started a premier league game yet yeah is incredibly infuriating so to me 
David Moyes, as strange as it sounds, needs to take a page out of Slavin Bilic's book. You got to start these guys, these yeah. newer guys, because the, the the old guard that you have in there it's not isn't working. helping you. No. So what, what, what do you believe? So let me throw a couple stats at you for this one. So we've pulled 37 points out of the last 35 games, barely averaging a point a game. We've only had two wins in the last 14 Premier League matches. So a lot of the wins that we keep considering are Europa League and Europa Conference. We've only had five clean sheets in the last 10 months. Only five. Uh, we're 19th in sprints. We're 20th in tackles. We're 18th in possession one in the final third. 16th in shots on target. 19th in chances created. 19th on average possession. So not good stats. So when you look at that and you think about back, that's why I bring up Billich specifically, is remember how terrible the numbers were for fitness when it came to Super Slav's group. And when, and when you think about when we had, when David Moyes first came back, it really looked like he was putting these guys through the ringers, like two days to really get their fitness levels up. You had people like Bowen, uh, when he came back at the start of the 2021-2022 season, was a man on fire. So this brings my second question for this. Are we missing more than just Mark Noble on this team? And I don't mean on the pitch. I mean, did Stuart Pierce have more to do with this squad and the success that we saw? Because think about it. Early, early of that other season when Moyes was out with COVID, Piercy was on the sideline and took us for a win. And it was a pretty resounding win at that. So do you feel like Losing a pres losing a character, a presence like Stuart Pierce has, in addition to Mark Noble, has damaged this club in terms of the focus that we had in previous seasons. Without question, yeah. I mean, there, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, there's no argument here. Not having Mark Noble on the pitch, just even on the sideline, hurts. Stuart Pierce, a lot of tip players don't like him. Why? Because he makes you fucking work. Yeah. And he doesn't settle for anything else. Some of the best managers in the world, some of the best bosses I've ever had, kind of they're kind of pricks. And the reason they're pricks is because they they don't drop the expectation for you. No. There's an expectation that they hold, and they make you meet it. And Stuart Pierce is that kind of guy. I, I I'll be honest, that's that's a phenomenal thing that I didn't even think about. But that's a hundred percent affecting the team. David Moyes doesn't drop expectations, but for some reason the expectations have dropped. I mean, I, I haven't seen a lot of smiles out of Moyes this year, but when you're 19th and 20th in every stat that matters and look, I, I'm not a giant stats guy because I believe you can take any stat in the world and make it, you can manipulate it to say whatever you need it to say. Right. You know, um, tobacco companies were famous for this, you know, uh, trying to convince everybody that cigarettes weren't bad. It's simple. When David Moyes came in, he said this line, you don't run, you don't play. Yeah. Well, why the fuck are you sticking with the same guard? Well, I, to be fair, David Moyes also said, it's what I do. I win. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't, we can't always take Moyes at his word. I, you're right. And I'm, I'm, I'm falling into that dangerous place again with David Moyes, where even a win isn't enough for me to make me like him. He's done so much for the club. But right now, he's going to have to make drastic changes. I said this on our last show two weeks ago. 
you got to make drastic changes. You're going to have to drop somebody on this team that everybody tells you you can't drop. Yeah. Whether that's Bowen, whether that's Rice, whether that's Suchek, uh, Suchek whether that's Fabianski. Yeah. You've, you've got to make a call now because at this point, you got to shake it up. You got to let everybody know on this team, hey, you don't produce, you don't play. Yeah. There's a new saying, boys. You don't produce, you don't play. Mm-hmm. Write that down. I like that. But <clears throat> one of the things that I will say is that there has been an announcement from the club is that they are bringing back Mark Noble as a sporting director. Uh, this is also referred to as a director of football. Uh, why Why I think this is hugely, hugely popular for the club. And yes, this doesn't take effect until I think January 1st or 2nd, so it won't be until after the first of the year. But part of Mark's, uh, sorry, part of Mr. Noble's duties will be academy development, player recruitment, and player and staff well-being. And I think that third one, to me, will be absolutely monumentous. Now, if Moyes lasts until January 1st... (laughs) Why uh, are we even... Can you believe we're back to this? We're back to saying this. God. And and I, I think his seat is hot. I think this is going to be a really weird first half to the season because you have to keep in mind we do have a World Cup that is going to throw things off for six weeks. And a, a lot of players that do, or a lot of teams that do have those international players are going to obviously see them uh, gone during the tournament. So yeah, we're going to lose the likes of Rice. We're going to lose um, uh, Paqueta, Suchek, uh, Sufal, right? Because Czech made it. Czech Republic. Or, uh, Can I be honest? I just don't pay attention to international soccer because the Americans aren't that great. Oh god! And I'm we club s- over dude, country. Same, I am as I'm well. Club and, over country. And, and U.S. looked terrible in these like pre, uh, pre, pre, uh, pre World Cup matches. But uh, let's be honest, so did England. So I mean, a lot of a lot of countries are not looking all that great. But we will still have players like Skamaka and Emerson Palmieri because Italy is not in the World Cup this year. So we do have some advantages that we will have some players that are first pick players, uh, but we will lose players like Kara, Rice, um, uh, uh, I think Suchek and Sufal, which I, as of this moment, I'm okay with them not being around for, for a couple matches. I think they could, they could use some time on the bench. So there is the potential that while those players won't get a rest, the players that will get a rest, it will be beneficial for us in, in the long run. So I don't think they get rid of Moyes regardless of results. I mean, unless we lose every single match up until the world cup, that's the only way I see Moyes go to be honest with you before that. I I think think he could be gone much sooner. If, if we fall to wolves, I think you're really going to hear it's the pot start turning. I'd say once you get to 10 matches, so it's gotta be what wolves, Fulham and Southampton. If you don't get a win out of one of those three, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Oh, on that I, I one. disagree. I think there should be all three wins. You know, I, I think he's got to get nine points, and I think anything less than nine points, he's still going to be in the hot seat. He wins the game, maybe extends it a little bit. But no. I, I mean, hear me out. Tell me if I'm crazy. Tell me if I'm crazy. You're we'll crazy. Get back on. Okay. <laughs> well, then, then we'll get back to Noble then. No, 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 no. With but I think that's that's the that's the point of it. I think yeah, pulling nine points out of those three matches that's ideal. I think if he pulls six or seven. I think he'd still be all right. If he gets no wins out of those three, then absolutely. Because now we're 10 matches in with only one win and one draw, four points out of 10. I mean, you can't look at that and ignore it. At that point, you have to make a decision. Well, to me, it comes down to the ROI. You can't spend the amount of money you spend 
and not get the return. Yeah. And to me, you know, look, look, we can sit there and talk about the Chelsea match all we want. That's one goddamn match. Yeah. You know, yeah, we got robbed of what we should have gotten a point out of that match and we didn't. But it's just, mm. well, let me real quick. Let me just go through what we've got coming up. Right. So we've got Wolves, then Fulham, then Southampton, then Liverpool, then Bournemouth, Man United, Crystal Palace, uh, and then Leicester. And that takes us up to November 12th. And then we don't have another match until the day after Christmas. And that's Arsenal, of course, (laughs) coming back out of the World Cup. And it's going to be against Arsenal. So when you look at that, other than Liverpool, every single one of those matches is winnable. And really, even though even though it's Liverpool away, we're going to be um, uh, away from home for that one. It's still possibly a winnable match. I mean, we've done weirder things against Liverpool. I, I just, I mean, the thing is, I, I told you when, like every other West Ham fan does, when you're chalking up the points, we're so far behind where I expected us to be. Yeah. So far behind already. So that Liverpool match in my mind is a must win. But when you look at the table, do you feel like it's kind of a it's kind of a bizarro land anyways when you look at where teams are landing regardless? Like this has been kind of a weird start to the season. I would not have thought that Leicester, us and Wolves would all be in the relegation zone. Like to me that doesn't make sense. I I I mean I don't disagree with you, but I've always been told you don't pay attention to the table till you 10 matches in. You just don't. Yeah. Um, the problem that I'm having, and I can't take my own advice right now or listen to the person that told me that, is because of what we're seeing out of West Ham. And that's the problem. We're not seeing progression. We're seeing regression. Right. And that's scary. And so when you bring in a guy like Mark Noble, return of the team, I think that's an admission to the club that we can't do this without you. I remember a couple of seasons ago, um, I was listening to ex West Ham employee on his podcast before um, he started charging us money for it, which was very frustrating. <laughs> um, I was listening to it and he ma- he mentioned a stat that I kind of didn't believe. And I went back and checked it myself and it was true. West Ham won a game and Mark Noble did not start. It was right when we got Suchek and Rice. It was the first time we went with Suchek and Rice and that partnership. And they had benched Noble. It was the first game West had and won without Mark Noble on the pitch in like three or four years. Oh, wow. And I remember like what, that's how valuable he's the team. I've never seen a player get more stick as a, as a West Ham United player than Mark Noble. That's meant more to the club than Mark Noble. Yeah. Um, you know, he will forever be my favorite iron. So I just kind of look at the situation that West Ham are in. And I think the Mark Noble move is what needs to happen. But I do agree with you as weird as it sounds, he's, gonna be the de facto sports counselor psychologist player because he understands what it means to be a West Ham United player but Stuart Pierce being gone I, I I didn't even think about it till you mentioned it on the show that's that's massive Stuart Stuart Pierce is another guy that you know he's he's an IPA you know he's yeah. a he's a stout he's a little bit of an acquired taste as a human being we've heard plenty of stories of him being a dick they had to fight to get him to be, they had to fight the board to be able to get him to come back because he mouthed off about, about GSB. I love Pierce. I I've watched multiple interviews that he's done, whether it was with uh, Joe Cole for Joe Cole cast. Uh, and I think he was hugely instrumental in the success that Moyes had. And I feel like 
Moyes needs somebody like Pierce to tell him when he's fucked up. I don't think the rest of his backroom staff, I love uh, um, Kevin, but I don't think that Kevin's the kind of guy that's going to sit there and go, hey, Moyes, I think you fucked this one up. He's going to still go with whatever Moyes' plan, whatever Moyes' plan is, and I just don't think Pierce is that guy. I think Pierce is the guy that would sit there and go, hey, this isn't working. We need to make a change. It's, uh, you know, somebody's going to have to start doing it. Uh, you know, every great manager has somebody behind him. Brian Cloth had a man behind him, and he's probably one of the greatest managers. Sam Allardyce, he always brings in the same guys with him everywhere he goes, you know. And, well, it's like Billich with uh, Dixie. He was bringing yeah. Julian Dix around with him, too. Yeah, so, and maybe that's a player we go get and get, not player. Maybe that's a coach we try to bring back to replace Stuart Pierce because Julian Dix represents West Ham United. However... Yeah. Wasn't the greatest trainer when he played for us. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's a scary time right now. I think for West Ham United, I've as weird as it sounds, this is shaping up to be one of the most disappointing seasons in West Ham United history because of the expectation, because of the investment in the squad in the off season, because of the prior success, because we've been crying out for a striker, which I thought we had a transfer ban on for a long time because we would never <laughs> sign one. And now we have a clear recognized number nine and he can't start. You're not starting him. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand where the loyalty to Antonio comes from, from him. Antonio was never meant to be a striker for West Ham United, yeah. even in his best years um, outside of West Ham United, he was a winger. He's a very good winger. And I've talked about this before. Yeah. So now, real quick though, when you look at, did you watch any of the nations league games at all? No, I'm no, club no, over country. No I, I don't waste my it's, time. It's no, it, well, it's not. It's not in, indicative. I I literally only watched them to see how our players were doing, right? Because I was interested to see if they could still perform in that setting, in a national team setting, versus how they were performing at West Ham. With Rice, I think he was the best player for for England. Like I think for both matches, I thought he did really well. Um, I think the rest of the team really struggled around him. When I watched Paqueta for Brazil, he is fucking deadly, man. Like it is nuts, but he's, he's not a number 10. He's more of a box to box. And if anything, he's really good at drifting out wide, right. And he was either making late runs into the box or he was drifting out to the right and uh, putting crosses in. I think where we run into an issue is that, Moyes wants to integrate some of the new guard with the old guard, but you have people like Paqueta and Bowen that are a redundancy of position where, where Bowen wants to be on the pitch is where Paqueta wants to be on the pitch and they're overlapping and running into each other. Uh, Benarama is a little bit better at reading where Paqueta is going to be and he'll know to drift out. And kind of stay out of the way. He'll drift in when Paqueta's too deep, or if Paqueta drifts out wide, Ben Rama knows to, to, to loop in. For now, same thing. He struggles with positional awareness depending on where other people are. Antonio, sometimes too, where you notice that a lot of in the Everton game, we kept clustering at that 18 yard box. Yeah. So that to me is that you're, it's square pegs and round holes. And I think we do need 100% what you're saying. I think we need to give the old guard a rest and we need to really give the new guys a chance to show what they can do. And if they're not getting it done, if you don't produce, you don't play, bring in the old guard to finish out the match. 
but you've got to give these guys the minutes to prove they can do what you fucking paid the money to have them do. Liam, I want to hug you right now, but <laughs> no. I know you're married and I know I don't want to get you excited. That's true. Like, I it's, mean, it's hard to hide a boner this big on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hey, every mouth feels the same in the dark, right? This is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, it's just, I, you know, West Ham United, there's some big things that are going to have to ma- happen. We're going to have to see some changes and look Moyes. if if Moyes values his position you're gonna he's you look you're either gonna live long enough to become the enemy or you're gonna die the hero right and yeah. and Moyes right now might be living long enough to become the enemy because he's gonna have to make change because i tell you right now with the squad that we have there are managers sitting out there that look at this squad and go i could do some stuff with that yeah and i i don't want that to happen i think Moyes has earned the right to stay but man it's the premier league it's cutthroat thomas tuchel just got let go out of nowhere. It yeah. felt like, so we, we, we got to figure this out. Um, I don't know exactly how to feel about this, but West Ham United are just in this rut again. And they, they got to find a way to dig themselves out. We've, and I think you just got to let guys go out there and play like a Lucas Paqueta, you know, and, and the fact that Ben Arama hasn't really started this year is incredibly infuriating. He's been the best player. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think so far from what we've seen in terms of production, I think Ben Rama has absolutely shown that Moyes was wrong to even put consideration on possibly selling him off. You know, I think that with, with Ben Rama, the rumors that we were going to look at bids or we were going to look at offers for him was silly because this is the type of player, as you said before, I don't, he'll never hit pie at levels. But he has the flash of that technicality, that expertise that we need on the pitch. We need players that can unlock a defense. And we really don't have that when Ben Rama is not on the pitch. Bowen is really good at, at getting the ball on the overlap or a long ball over the top, bringing it down, running at one or two defenders and being able to get around them and throw the ball. But when he has to collect the ball too deep and drive into a four-man defense, he can't penetrate. Bowen's just not the guy. Right. Antonio, same thing. Not the guy. And we, we need people that can be the guy. And, and I think we've seen Cornet been able to do that when he comes in off the bench and immediately gets us a, a ball off the post and a goal that was ruled off against Chelsea. I mean, obviously he's already shown his worth. Skamaka has scored what? Three goals in, um, in the, uh, uh, the Europa conference. Like we already know the guy can score goals. You know, I, I think it's just a matter of Moyes trusting these guys to do what he's ultimately bought them for. And we're just not seeing that. Yeah, well, we're going to have to figure some shit out on Saturday. And by the way, can we say thank you to the Premier League scriptwriters? Finally, a Saturday match. Yeah. Finally, these Sunday matches have been killing us. And for those of you that are listening, uh, Liam and I are part of the Fresno Irons out here in Fresno, California. So our match times have been 6 a.m. every damn Sunday, and it's been tough. And then this Saturday, we get a 9.30 a.m. And it always cracks me up when I see the East Coast supporter groups. <laughs> you know, they'll sit there and say, oh, we got an early one today. It's going to be 9 a.m. And I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah, right. You don't even know what it's like out here. Um, our match times, just so anybody is curious, are 4 a.m. on a Sunday, 6 a.m. on a Sunday. And if we're lucky, we may get an 8 8, 8.30 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. And then the Saturday start times are 4.30, 7, and now 9.30. So we get the late match. Finally, um, obviously, 
this is a huge match for West Ham United, which I think they're all going to be huge until the team slingshots up the table where we need to be. And we could start that slingshot this Saturday as we take on Wolverhampton Wanderers. So Wolves and West Ham United at the London Stadium, 9.30 a.m. West Coast time. That's 12.30 for you fucks out there on the East Coast. Um, And then uh, before we talk to you again, we're going to be playing Anderlicht, which is the best team that we're going to face in our group. Yeah. So this will be a real, this will kind of tell us where we stand in this Europa league conference, but we're, we're already in good footing there. So before we get into this uh, wolves match um, and kind of breaking it down here, we're going to give you our starting 11. So Liam, um, as the, the expert here, when it comes to tactics, what do you see David Moyes doing in this match? Well, I mean, I see David Moyes doing the same thing he's done for the previous seven matches where he's going to trot out the same. So, so infuriating. Yeah, it's going to be the same lineup. If it's if it's me, and especially based on what we've talked about in this episode, I'm giving a lot of new bloods a chance. Interesting. Uh, I feel like that's what I did last thing. But it's okay if you want to steal my thunder. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking steal it 110%. <laughs> I will Thor the hell out of your, your, your thunder right now. Um, I will keep Fabianski in goal. Uh, I still feel like the goals that he has leaked majority have been due to the a, a leaky defense versus Fabianski just not getting his positioning right or not giving a good chance for the ball. Um, but I'm going to drop Sufal and I'm going to put Kara over on the right-hand side. I'm putting a middle uh, center back pairing with Dawson and Zuma, and I'm putting Emerson over on the left-hand side. Uh, in the midfield, I'm running a three-man midfield with Paqueta and Lanzini as advanced uh, almost like a number eight's role, like Lanzini more in that number 10, Paquette in that number eight, Rice sitting deep as a number six as a lone center defensive midfielder. I do not think we need to continue to trot out uh, a double pivot, at least not with Thomas Suchek. If you're going to, if you're going to keep to the double pivot, give Flynn, uh, Flynn Downs a run out. I, I thought he did really well in the one match that he gave him for Europa conference. If you're going to do the double pivot, bring him in. Otherwise I'd like to see us really look as an attacking threat against wolves. Uh, and my front three are going to be Cornet, Skamaka and Ben Rama. God damn. That sounds sexy. Yeah. I like it. Um, I'm changing the whole shape. I'm going to the classic easy four, four, two. Okay. I think that's where we need to go. Um, from left to right across the back. I agree with you as Emerson. My two center backs though, are Kara and Dawson and the right back remains to fall. Um, I like what Sioux falls done this year. I think he's really only had one bad game. Um, and he tends to do that. Um, so that's my back four across the midfield out on the far left-hand side. I'm going Maxi Cornet. Um, then I'm going Declan Rice partnered with, uh, Pablo Fornals. Believe it or not. I like Fornals going forward. Um, I think Declan needs to stay back and play defensive and on the far right-hand side. I, this has been tough for me to kind of figure out because I, I really like Bowen. Um, and I, I'm going to stick Bowen there. So Bowen's going to be that guy. And my two guys up top, I'm going to put the two strikers out there. It's Antonio and Skamaka. So the, the only reason I disagree with Bowen specifically is we have not seen much of last season's Bowen this season. And I think he needs to get his ass sat on the bench to, to have him realize that Moyes isn't going to give him a free pass anymore. If he wants that starting position back, because think about it in that first season that he was with us, he was the most substituted player, not on West Ham in the premier league. He was substituted more times than any other player. So he was getting the starts, but he was always the first one to get the hook. 
what happened after that season. He worked his ass off to make sure that last season. You're right. It's it's Benarama. Benarama goes out right. You're yeah. right. I, I just changed it. I changed it. It's Benarama. But Benarama saying he's the best player this year. But the but the problem with Benarama is he struggles on that right hand side. Moyes played him in. Oh, what match was it? It was one of the conference matches, and he just looked completely out of place on the right. I think Benarama either has to be a center, like a number ten, or he needs to be on that left hand side. Cornet doesn't do too bad on the right. So if you're going to play Benrama and Cornet, I'd put Cornet to the right, Benrama on the left. Yeah, that, I, how about this? I just want those fucking players out there. <laughs> I don't care All where right? they are. I don't give a fuck how they do it. Those are the players I want because yeah. I'm, I, I'm sorry. Skamaka's the, the striker. Yeah, he has to. Like, I, it's over. Like, yeah. hey, I, I love Antonio. I love him. Yeah. You're not the striker Skamaka is. And we saw it in the Europa Conference League game when Cornet picked off the pass, sent it up to Skamaka, one turn in the net, done. Done. Okay. Yeah. Antonio, when you get that, you sail it. Okay. <laughs> you send it wide. We literally saw him take the same pass and put it into Rosette. I yeah, mean, it was nuts. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry. I, I, those are the players I want on. Yeah. I, I'm dropping Bowen out of my, I, I wrote it down, but I'm dropping him. It, it's Benny. Uh, Benny's got to play. Um, I don't give a fuck how you do it, but those are the players that need to be on the pitch. Yeah. Um, I think Kara and Dawson will be the best center back pairing we have. I think Zuma is good, but I think Dawson, I, we thought Dawson was fifth choice. We admitted that. Yeah. Yeah. So we're like, that's why he's trying to leave. Well, when Dawson plays, we're pretty goddamn good. Yep. So I'll take the mistake that he's got in him. Yeah. I love Kara. I don't give a fuck what the mistakes that he's made. I think he's been brilliant. Yeah. Um, I like Sufal because he fucking works hard. Yeah. Um, Emerson needs to be on the left. I think Cresswell's best days are behind him. Emerson's a younger player, tends to be more effective. And what I like about sitting Cresswell for the Prem matches and putting him in for the Europa is it gives you the potential to, to sit Rice out of some of the Europa Conference matches and let Cress be the captain, let him sort of lead out everybody in those matches. And that gives you enough time for Rice to recuperate, to really be focused, to be the Declan Rice we need for those Premier League matches. Oh, man. God damn. Just put new blood in. Can we both agree with I that? I agree so with that. With all the new blood that we're seeing, who is your goal scorers in this match? And how do you see it going? I mean, this one's going to be a shit show because Wolves is, Wolves are going to come out the same way that Everton did. They're going to want to sit deep. They're going to want to counter us. Their, the, their forwards will press high. Uh, if they're not sitting deep, they'll absolutely try to pack out the midfield to try to overwhelm. If we go with the double pivot, we all know that Moyes will go with. Uh, I think this is going to be a cagey match. I think it's going to probably end like a 1-0. Uh, and, I mean... It's probably going to be like a set piece goal. And I, I know that sounds stupid because we really haven't gotten any set piece goals in the Prem this season, but I feel like it'll probably, it will probably be a set piece one and it'll come off of either Zuma or Dawson. Uh, man of the match for me is probably going to be Declan Rice because he's going to have something to prove. What about you? Uh, I see this match going down as a nil nil. I yeah. don't see us winning. Um, <laughs> I don't believe in what we're doing. I don't see us losing if we play the players I think we should play. Yeah. Now, if Zuma's out there in the back line instead of Kara and, and Dawson. Dawson, maybe we lose this game one nil. I'm just being honest. Yes, I'm pessimistic. I'm going to be that guy right now. Um, I just don't see a lot of things that we do well, and you already read off the stats earlier in the show. We're playing shit football right now. 
Yeah. It's shit football. Um, so I'm going to give no goals. If we do see a goal, uh, has there been any players at Wolverhampton that have been linked with us that we almost <laughs> bought? Because whoever that is, that's the guy that'll score. <laughs> it only would have been, uh, uh, what's his face? The beef stick. Oh, the, I think he's gone now. Is he gone? Yeah, oh, I think then he's we're like good. fucking Barcelona or something. Uh, then we're good. Then um, there's no. There's, well, he, he might come back for one game and score. That, and that would leave, be the, yeah. that would be the only reason. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't really go after the Portuguese national team. Really, it's just wolves <laughs> are the only ones that do that. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just in my 100 percent opinion. I mean, be some fuck stick on their on their squad that gets a lucky goddamn goal. It'll be that. Do they have any Brighton players? Do they have any? Oh. They do. They do. They do. do. Fuck. They probably do. Yeah. I mean, what was, I, who was that skinny blonde fucker that got like the equalizer goal last season? The second time we played him, that kid will probably fucking I think his score. name. I think that's actually his name. Skinny blonde. Scooby, fucker. Scooby blonde fucker. Kid. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't have a lot of faith in this. I, I think West Ham United, I, I think if we get a draw, it's a great result. We're not good right now. Yeah. We can just need to accumulate as many points as we can. Uh, like you said, it last 35 matches. We have 37 points. Yeah. Not good. No. So uh, with that said, uh, my man of the match in this will probably be somebody on wolves. Um, it's probably not going to be any of our guys. Um, so if I had to choose a man of the match, absolutely had to probably skinny blonde fucker. I'll yeah. give it to him. Um, skinny blonde kid. Fucker. I just look, I'm, pe- I'm a pessimistic asshole right now. I just don't believe in what West Ham United are doing right now. So yeah, I'm that guy. And I hope that I get torn up. Because I hope that we got something better to report next week, but I it's it's tough. I just don't see it happening. So, uh, with that said, it's time for the worst part of the shittiest show we've done in a while. <laughs> because West Ham United haven't given us much hope and faith, and goddamn, we're going to end fifteen minutes earlier than we normally do. Because oh, it's just it's tough. So it's time for our yellow and red cards. I'll, I'll start it off with the yellow card. I'm going to give the uh, yellow card to myself, Liam. Nice. And uh, the reason why is because at the Fresno Irons match at Full Circle Brewing Company a couple weeks ago, we're standing there on Sunday at about, mm, at this point, it's probably 6.38 a.m. in the morning. No, it would have been like 8.38 in the morning. Sorry. Like 8.38 in the morning, we're sitting there. And uh, Mop High scored a goal. And I shut down. Yeah. I, uh, I thought about my ex-girlfriends. It wasn't good. I thought about the time I stuck my finger in a light socket. It was pain. But most importantly, I thought about the time that I probably don't deserve to eat any other food than McDonald's. And that's how I felt about life as soon as Ma Pie scored that goal. Um, and I didn't sing any songs, didn't get to set off the bubble machine, and I felt like I let the Fresno irons down. So I'm going to give myself a yellow card, um, as in uh, I better pick my shit up. Even when we're down, I got to keep believing. Yeah. Because right now, I don't have a lot of faith, Liam. Who's your yellow card? Uh, My yellow card is actually going to go to our players because it is bullshit that they would allow themselves to play in that manner, not just for the Everton game, but for every game so far this season. We have not looked anywhere close to the team that we were last season. And, And I get it. With the stats that I was reading off, we were probably worse the back half of the year than we really thought. But keep in mind, we were a very thin squad that had a deep run in Europa League. We knew there was going to be some pretty shitty results that were going to come out. There is no excuse right now 
None. None whatsoever. We have a we have far more squad depth. We have far more talent in this team. So I'm giving them a yellow card. They got to wake the fuck up because if they get another one next week. It's a one game suspension. So figure it out. Figure it the fuck out. <laughs> oh man, this is uh. Mm. Well, um, do you want to start the yell red card or you want me to go? Uh, go ahead with your red, buddy. All right. Red card goes to you, goddammit, David Moyes. You better figure <laughs> your shit out. I'm sick and tired of your bullshit. I'm sick and tired of you not changing. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not coming home and watching Murder, She Wrote with your old ass anymore. You're going to fucking start watching MASH, and I'm going to sit there and get our shit going. Because, look, this is pissing me off what I'm seeing. We've spent over 180 million pounds on this team. You need to start playing these players, give them minutes, give them a chance to impact the game and stop telling me, oh, I'm loyal to these guys. Oh, they're not ready yet. Fuck you. They're goddamn ready. Okay. If they're playing international football on the Brazil national team or the Italian national team, I don't give a fuck if Italy's not going to the World Cup. You better figure your shit out. I'm sick and tired of it, Moise. Red card. Remember when you had COVID and you sat back and we won a game? I don't want you to get COVID, but I wouldn't mind a cold that makes you stay at home. <laughs> okay? Because I'm telling you right now, I'm sick and tired of what I'm seeing out there. And I don't want to see that fucking silver fox face with that scowl looking because you look confused and lost. Or like you're sitting there looking at the players like, I didn't want you to do that. Well, fucker, get madder. Pull them yeah. off the pitch, put somebody else in, and stop assuming it's going to go right. Because God damn it, Liam, I am. This team is too fucking good to be an 18th. Yeah. All right, who's your red card for? I'm going to give it to Fat Fucking Frank. Dude came out after the match talking like he had just put together some masterclass against West Ham. You fuck stick. You did nothing. You literally did nothing. Your team looked like fucking Sunday league. I've seen better pass and better possessions from my seven-year-old's soccer practice. Like you're not reinventing anything over there, Frank. You're doing the exact same stupid lame bullshit you pulled at Chelsea, which is why you got the ax over there. So yeah, you got a one nil because Mape had one brilliant strike. You had one shot on goal and had and happened to fucking score it. And it wasn't you, buddy. It wasn't your fucking tactics. And then you pulled off the players that were actually putting our defense on their heels and just basically were like, oh yeah, let me give them a better chance of trying to go up there and score. Fuck you, Frank. I can't wait to see till you're, you're axed again. And my only hope though, is that you get relegated first. I want to see your shit team in Everton get relegated because I'm tired of those fuckers too, constantly talking about like, oh, we're better. We have a longer legacy than you. We're a bigger club. We have more supporters than you. Fuck you. No, you don't. You have a shitty stadium that's falling the fuck apart. And most people out here in the United States don't even know where the fuck Everton is. And if I told them it was in Liverpool, they would still not Wrong. understand what I was telling it's them. It's in Narnia. See, it's in fuck. Yeah, exactly. You guys have pig goat men running around because you're a fucking made up fairy tale place. Fuck off, Frank. All the way, fuck off. This has been the worst show we've ever done. <laughs> and because I, it like literally ever since Mop High scored that goal, can you and I agree the vibe has been off? I think uh, you punched a wall. No, no, I hit a fucking stool oh, and I scared the shit out of. Um, 
Oh, his kid was sitting like, I can't think of his name. It, the His kid was sitting right there and I hit it and the kid like would not look me in the eye the rest of the match. I felt so bad. I was like, oh man, I'm a dick. Yeah. But yeah, I was fucking heated. Yeah. Well, while we're standing there watching the show, I shut down. Liam showed physical aggression towards the stool. Yeah. I it's, it's The whole vibes went off. I mean, let, let's somebody give us faith. Like, I mean, yeah. message us, tell us how shitty the show's been. Tell us you can do it better. Again, if you want to get involved in the show, always remember you can reach out to us on Twitter at A-H-R-W-H-U, American Hammers Radio, West Ham United. Um, that is where you can reach Liam specifically. And also, if you want to reach out to Liam or myself through a different platform, we are both members of the Fresno Irons. So you can reach out to us at, at Fresno Irons on any social media platform instagram twitter and facebook um you know it, it's been tough but uh we want to say uh thank you to tim and lee for allowing us to do this uh they are running the american hammers network and we are american hammers radio thank you for listening to this podcast uh, i think we've got like i think we went down to about 19 listeners yeah so yeah, we're something at, like that yeah we're about at 19 <laughs> listeners now so thank you to all 19 of you for sticking around of the 19 thank you to all six of you who uh fell asleep while listening and let it play to the end we do appreciate that right um <laughs> you know we're glad that the sweet subtle sounds of liam bright can put anybody sleep in the Hardcore smoker vibe sounds from myself make you think of, you know, the person who mistreated you when you were little. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, it's just been incredibly, it, it's been tough and I hope that it goes. And if you find yourself in Fresno, California this Saturday and it's nine thirty AM, get your ass down to full circuit brewing company in Fresno, California, come hang out with the Fresno irons. And maybe we'll let you buy us a beer because <laughs> shit's been bad, but we'll still buy your first one. And then maybe you can buy us one later. Right. Second rounds on you. God damn. It's just, it's been tough, but thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back at it next week for episode nine, right? That's God damn. I feel like we've never done. I don't think I've ever had a relationship go past nine days. That's pretty intense. Uh, it is. Uh, so thank you for listening uh, for Liam. This is Tex. And as always, come, come on, on you irons. irons.